The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Hello, and welcome to Breaking, a baseball news podcast here on the Pitcherless Podcast Network. This is TC Zanka. I am here alone today. Sadly, Tim Jackson uh, is at home just weeping while wearing a, a Max Scherzer uh, New York Mets jersey. So hoping that Tim gets better soon. Uh, but we're all reeling here a little bit. It's, you know, it's a big day in baseball. It is currently 9.21 p.m. on Wednesday, December 1st. So we are just a couple hours away from a work stoppage, uh, which will put a halt to all this exciting uh, breaking news that we've had the last couple of weeks. It's been an amazing couple of weeks. Just since Tim spoke with you all last, there has been, there have just been an insane number of moves. It feels like every free agent has signed. That is not the case, but many of them have. And so until Tim gets, comes back, uh, you know, a couple of weeks from now, I'm going to use today to kind of run down some of these things. This is, this is going to be a full this week in baseball, uh, podcast for the for the day because there's just so much action since tim spoke with you last two weeks ago um so let's start in the national league uh, i'm gonna run through every single team here and just give it all to you put them in a couple different categories give you the big winners uh there aren't really big losers yet kind of the rule of the offseason is you know inactivity means kind of you're an offseason loser at least for the time being so we'll see what happens there's still lots of time to go and like i said signings are still rolling in uh so i'm gonna keep one eye on it but for now, let's run through it and just kind of give an update on, you know, very small, very microcosm. Who's won, who, which teams have won the last two weeks of this year's wacky free agent season. And as far as I see it, there are two big winners in the National League. The first is kind of obvious, and I hate to say it, but it is, it's the New York Mets. They, they're, you know, it's perfect for this podcast to really drive a stake into my heart. Uh, as a Nationals fan and t- Tim's heart as a Phillies fan. But the Mets have done it, you know, they're, as so much dysfunction coming out of this organization, just nonstop dysfunction, including owner Steve Cohen going out there and chirping about the negotiations with Steven Matz and how they went poorly and the, all this just bad stuff, the, the forever search to find a GM, eventually hiring Billy Epler, which is kind of a questionable hire considering his track record, but, you know, it's fine. All this nonsense. And then they, they, just, they get Max Scherzer. They have Mad Max. Yes, they they grossly overpaid him, or or you know maybe not even overpaid. They just paid him a lot, hundred thirty million dollars, forty three million a year for three seasons. 
37, 38, 39 years old. For those three seasons of Max Scherzer's career, he's going to be paid $43.33 million per season. That's $7 million more than any other any other player in baseball is making in a single season. It's insane. It's it's a huge amount of money, and yet this is the guy you want to give it to. It's, this is the thing. Like You got to feel good if you're a Mets fan because you have Max Scherzer. He, has, he raises your floor. He's the exact thing the Mets need. I mean, if you look at the, the Nationals' run with Scherzer, He's been a big reason why they've been able to consistently produce winning teams because, you know, they haven't had the Nationals had not had tremendous depth during Scherzer's run, but they have tremendous high end talent. And the Mets now are closing in on that. They, they have some really top of the line talent. Now, if DeGrom and Scherzer are healthy, yes, that's your absolute best one two punch in the game. Absolutely. Full stop. Well, I have to see if these guys can stay healthy. I mean, Max has been healthy, and he's a, he's a horse. And he said recently, he said in his press conference, he did not like being managed the way the Dodgers managed him down the stretch. He prefer he, he's you know, he said that when I was with the Nationals and they rely on me every five days for 110 days, like that's what got me ready for the 2019 World Series run. That's what built up my arm strength enough. I mean, he did miss a World Series start there and wasn't exactly in, in tip top help, you know, perfect shape, but. Better than this year with the Dodgers, where he had to miss him again, miss some starts because of because of a tired arm. And so he's going to go out there. He's going to pitch. He's going to give his heart out. He's an incredible guy for the clubhouse. He's an incredible guy to to lend some some real competitive fire to that team. Whereas Lindor is all smiles, <clears throat> Scherzer's all business, and he, he's the exact guy the Mets need. It's, it's you know. I hate to see the Mets do well, but this is this is the guy, and this is the guy you overpay for. This is the guy you gamble on. 130 million over three years. It's a lot of money, but this is where the money should go to getting a guy like Max Scherzer. That's exactly who you want, top of their rotation. You know, along with those guys, Mark Kana. I thought that was a good good signing for them. Two years, 26.5 million, only 13 million a year. That's not bad for for an outfielder, but, but still with some upside. I mean, he'll be 33 this year. So it's not so much upside in terms of like his eventual potential, but if he can kind of turn back the clock to being the guy he was a couple of years ago with the A's, he's an on base, he can get on base, he can hit for power, he can play all three outfield positions, he can play first base. Mets need some flexibility, clearly built in. The, you know, you always do. And so Kane is a guy who's who's valuable in that sense. The fact that he can play center field well enough is good because now they have three center fielders who can. Brandon Nimmo being one of them, and then Starling Marte, four years, seventy-eight million. It's a lot. Uh, you know, he doesn't get him base a ton, but he's a great, he's a, he's a great a base runner. He was the best base runner base baseball last year. Hits for power, plays well enough defensively. Marte, he's a good get again. You know, it's a little bit of a risk for Marte, but with so few center fielders on the market, you knew he was going to get paid and, and he's not the worst gamble. And, and to run out of a uh, outfield of Marte and Kana and, uh, Brandon Nimbo, that's not horrible for the Mets. I, I don't mind any of these moves. Eduardo Escobar, two years, 20 million. Another 33 year I mean, four years for Marte at 33. It's a lot. And and it's he'll probably play center, but he could move to left, move back to left. He's not a stud defensively, but but again, they'll be fine defensively with three guys out there. It's kind of the, the, the trend we're moving towards is having, you know, maybe not a true center fielder, but multiple guys who can play the position and being okay for stretches at a time of moving Kana into center, moving Nimmo into center. You're okay. You can get by with, with Marte in center for sure. At least for these first couple of years of contract, we'll see what happens as he ages. But, you know, a couple of years from now, you can see, you know, these being kind of onerous. Uh, if Scherzer gets hurt or Marte gets hurt, you know, couple, whatever happens, you, you run some risks, but they have deep pockets. These are the, these are the gambles you make.
when you have deep pockets. Eduardo Escobar is a good get for them. Again, flexibility. He does it all. He hits for a tremendous power. He's a much better hitter than he gets credit for. Escobar, he's a middle of the order bat legitimately, and he can play first base. He can play third base. He can fill in at second base. He can bounce around for the Mets a little bit. And, you know, as much as it made some sense to bring Baez back, uh, Javi Baez being buddies with Endor, being such a defensive stud, having having such a good couple of months in New York, the cross was prohibitive for them in that spot. They have Jeff McNeil, who can play second. They have J.D. Davis, who can play third. They have Robinson Cano, who's coming back and going to be paid a lot. And he will see some time at second base or first base. Escobar is a, is a better fit for that group who can rotate in and out, uh, play only five days a week. Maybe as McNeil moves to the outfield, you, you, you can rotate your DHs. Assuming there's going to be a DH, Pete Alonso can take a lot of that DH time uh, moving Dom Smith to first or vice versa. So they have some real flexibility now uh, with this offensive lineup. And they just need Francisco Lindor to kind of snap back to star form. And the Mets are starting to look really good. They also picked up Nick Plummer, who's who's an outfielder with some promise this time to a major league deal. You know, he played okay for the for the Cardinals minor league double A and triple A teams last year. So we'll, we'll see if he makes the roster, but he's just kind of another interesting guy who can play all three outfield spots and can can be a body for them. The Mets are winners. The Mets have, you know, you know, not literally, not yet, but they're on their way with these signings. I, I do like these moves. I'm just get, the first bunch, you know, the 33-year-olds, I can kind of take it or leave it. It's it's a fine, fine collection. They're all pretty short term, except for Marte. But you know, Escobar two years, Kane at two years. You're okay with both those two years, two years is not that big a deal. Um, it's not like the McCann signing. Marte at four is is to me a little, probably the most questionable of, the, of these, but there's so few center fielders out there that you just go get them. And and again, Mad Max, he's been one of the best for 10 years for longer. He's a, he's a Hall of Famer, World Series champ, Cy Young winner. He's the type of guy you need in your rotation. And the Mets are a, a serious threat now that they have him. So props to the Mets. Last two weeks, incredible, incredible two weeks. A lot of money spent, but you know, if you're the Mets, you got to do something. And they've been a they've been a mess. They've been an absolute mess. And you know, none of that falls at the feet of Max Scherzer. So he can be kind of a face of the organization moving forward. Kind of that he will, you know, be letting folks know, oh, it's different now. The Mets are the Mets are good. We're good to go. And if and if they're not, then he'll call them out for it. He certainly has before. So big winners for the Mets. The other team that I really like, the other winner in the National League, uh, comes from the same division, and it's the Marlins. The Marlins had a pretty good couple of weeks. They signed Avisel Garcia to a four-year, fifty-three million dollar deal. So you know that's it's a lot of money for Garcia. Uh, but Garcia is a really athletic bat. Hasn't gotten rave reviews with the glove, but you know he can play in the corner. He's got really good speed for a big guy. He's got good power. He hits the ball really hard. Statcast likes him a lot. He hasn't really been really seen tremendous years out of him, but he's a solid corner bat. And there's there is some absolutely some potential to pop here with Garcia. I, I like I like to get for them. Four years is a lot for Avisel Garcia, but again, it's it's a fine upside play for the Marlins who need bats. Uh, they also swapped out in their catcher spot. They swapped out Jorge Alfaro, sending him to the Padres and brought in Jacob Stallings from Pittsburgh. Stallings has been a, a solid backstop. He, you know, he doesn't overly excite me, but he's he's a solid backstop. And, and the Marlins had his young staff and he'll be someone who can work with them. Alfaro, <clears throat> Alfaro just wasn't working out. He had not developed, uh, you know, at the plate. And he goes to San Diego now. So Marlins also DFA Lewis Brinson. It's time to time to end that road for them. Again, some of these 
guys that they got Brinson and, and Alfaro, they got them in big deals as prospects with some promise, but you can't hold on to these guys forever. Sometimes it's just time to cut bait, but those are small moves. The bigger moves, they acquired Joey Wendell from uh, the Rays. And this one, I don't love for them. I mean, Wendell's a, he's a good bat. I, lo- I like Wendell on a winning team for sure. He's 31 years old and he's cheap and he can play all over the field. So that's nice for the Marlins. He can play second if, if Chisholm gets hurt again. He can play some third as they move Brian Anderson around. He puts the ball in play. He, he's just kind of a, a, a solid, does everything well kind of guy and he's cheap. They gave up Cameron Meisner to get him who is a prospect, you, you know, 24 year old power bat. Uh, who has got a weak hit, hit tool, but he, it's kind of a lot to give up for Wendell, but Wendell should help them now. And again, for the, for the Marlins, it's about raising the floor, bring some professionalism into that lineup. Uh, and Wendell should, Wendell and Garcia both should be, should be good fat. So the other, I mean, the, the main reason the Marlins though are big winners, the Garcia move is fine. The Wendell move is nice, but extending Sandy Alcantara, that is awesome. Five years, 56 million. They've locked in the top of their rotation to a really, really good deal, really solid deal. And, you know, Alcantara, he, he is a big arm for the front of that rotation, for that young rotation that looks really good, really, really good. Sixto Sanchez coming back, Trevor Rogers in there. I mean, there's so many arms they have so many arms coming up and Alcantara now he can be the stabilizer at the front of that rotation or you know in a year or two he's making reasonable money they could they could flip them if they feel like they got enough arms coming up so that is a good deal for the Marlins it gives them some long-term security and locks in uh, a real frontline arm for them so that's awesome so Mets Marlins congrats you guys have been awesome you guys have been doing really well, really well the last couple of weeks some good moves good moves applause from from me this humble servant or, or, you know, whatever. Uh, let's move on to the next group, the next grouping of teams. And these are kind of the interesting move teams. These are the teams that in the National League that have made some interesting moves the last couple of weeks. I won't say, you know, that they have full on done everything they need to, to put a winner together, but they've made some nice moves that are worth commenting on. And at least for the very least, at the very least, we can say that these teams have had a pretty good last couple of weeks. And that starts with the Cardinals. Steven Matz, four years, 44 million. You know, say what you will of Matt's. He doesn't throw a ton of innings usually. Last year was a good year for him. Um, he's had some blow abuse in the past. But the big thing about Matt's is he puts the ball on the ground. And the Cardinals have a real identity. They have an incredible, incredible defensive team. And Matt's fits perfectly for them. They've been trying to acquire left-handed pitchers. This has been, you know, something on their – all they've done the last six months pretty much is acquire left-handed pitchers. And – Matt's is the best of the bunch, and most of the others are gone now, but Matt's slots into that rotation uh, really nicely behind Adam Wainwright, Jack Flaherty, uh, Dakota Hudson, some other righties, you know, who are, who are going to be – Miles Mikolas, who are going to be looking to get back into the, into the mix there. And Matt's, you know, 4 or 44, 11 a year, that's that's not awful. And and there's some real potential for Matt's to play really well in front of that, uh, you know, that gold glove St. Louis defense. So that's a good move for them. Shores up their rotation. I like that from the Cardinals. That's pretty much all they've done. Uh, Giants, another team. Interesting move teams. Interesting move teams. And you, you'll notice the trend with these interesting moves teams. And it's their, you know, they're getting starting pitching, which is what they need. So, you know, the Giants have started to put their starting rotation back together. They have playoff hero Logan Webb, you know, who they tried to send to the bullpen multiple times last year. And guys kept getting hurt. So he kept pitching the rotation. And then he ends up just, showing out in the postseason in, in a ridiculous way. So he's at the front of their rotation. They now have Alex Wood back on a two-year, $25 million deal. 
Anthony DeScafani is back on a three-year $36 million deal. And Alex Cobb has been brought in from Los Angeles on a two-year $20 million deal. All short-term deals for these guys. All pretty reasonable in the $10 to $13 million range. DeScafani was awesome last year. So was Wood. Cobb certainly fits the bill as some, as you know, he's a ground ball pitcher who can, you know, build back some of his reputation with the Giants. And these are all short-term deals, not costing too much. They'll slide in there with Logan Webb. They lost Kevin Gossman. And so the Giants, that, that, that does hurt. That's, he's, he was your ace. He was absolutely your ace. So, you know, the, now they really, now Logan Webb, it's not just gravy. Now they need him to be a front of the rotation guy, uh, you know, with Wood and Cobb and Dace Clefani behind him. So, you know, these are good arms behind them. They're good, but not great arms behind them. And if Dace Clefani has another, you know, 3170 ERA season, yeah, they're going to feel pretty good about this. But if he backslides at all, then, then, you know, it's time to see what kind of, you know, magic these, these giants are really working with. Is this, can they sustain these, the results that they saw last year? You know, I, I, I feel pretty confident in that group. I'd say yes, but time will tell. So I like this, you know, they've, the Giants have kept to their MO, like the Cardinals. They they clearly have a plan. They've kind of they've stuck to it. Reasonable deals, not overpaying, short-term contracts, knowing that they can bring in some veterans and maximize the talent of those guys, not overpaying for someone like Gossman, even a guy that they really liked in Gossman, who gave them two solid seasons, letting him move on and maintaining their their financial flexibility. It's it's kind of like the 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 Dodgers model of the last couple of years. Maintain your financial flexibility until you have the guy that's really worth going in all in for. So, I, you know, I like that the Giants have have maintained here. On the whole, you don't feel great about the postseason or the uh, the, the the winter for the Giants because Buster Posey is retiring, and that's a huge loss for them. Chris Bryant is a free agent still, and and you know, we'll see what happens there. But right now, the Giants are sticking to who they are, and and that at least is usually a good thing in baseball. So, good for them. Um, Another team in the interesting move teams, the Cubs. And the Cubs just barely squeaked in. They got here tonight. Tonight, Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman is coming to Chicago. And, you know, I don't know what the Cubs are doing. You know, I really don't. And I don't know that they do. But, but you know, Stroman for three years, $71 million. You got to spend the money somewhere, Cubs. I'm glad they're spending some money. And, and pitching's been, when they were successful back in, you know, when they won in 2016, they won on the strength of their pitching. So, They've made some moves early this postseason. Marcus Stroman, Kyle Hendricks, Wade Miley now lead that rotation. It's an interesting, different group. Uh, certainly stronger than it was last year. Uh, but we'll see. Stroman's a guy who, you know, you really want some defense behind him. And Hendricks, Miley, these are all guys who you want a strong defensive team behind them, especially if you end up with Alec Mills in the rotation or, you know, Edbert Alzali. Slider guy who's looking to get get the ball on the ground. I mean, this is Stroman's deal. He gets the ball on the ground. So the Cubs are in an interesting situation. We don't really know who their shortstop's going to be. Probably Nico Herner right now, who was more of a natural second baseman. So you don't maybe feel great about the defense. Patrick Wisdom is your guy at third. I don't know. I mean, Nick Madrigal and, and Nico Herner should be okay up the middle. Uh, but if you're going to go with Marcus Stroman and Kyle Hendricks and Wade Miley, you really want a very strong defensive group. Uh, they did get Jan Gomes, two years, $13 million. I, I actually kind of like this deal. Gomes is a solid backstop. You know, I don't know that this necessarily portends a trade with Wilson Contreras. Contreras is on a one-year deal. You can just you can, you can just let him. I think there's some real wisdom to, given the current structure, just letting a guy play out his free agent years and then walk. Because this is likely to be, 
you know, Contreras' prime year or year. So, so you still want to use Contreras. The DH coming, they're going to want to sit Contreras a little bit more. Gomes is going to get plenty of run. You know, Contreras can actually play in the field. Gomes is a veteran guy. He's been all over the place. He doesn't rock the boat. He's a, a solid offensive contributor, uh, you know, plus 100 WRC, WRC plus guy. And for a catcher, that's great. So, you know, Gomes is absolutely a starter. And if the Cubs are playing him as a backup, uh, you know, even as a, kind of a regular backup, the way he was used in, in Oakland last year, like that's, they've got a good catching room now. The Cubs have a good catching room. So you feel pretty good about that. Uh, the Cubs also acquired Harold Ramirez from the Guardians. Don't love that, but whatever. He's just a guy. Uh, Clint Frazier. Yeah, Clint Frazier comes to Chicago too. What the heck? Why not? He's an interesting get. Uh, 1.5 million. He's still ARB eligible. So Cubs will see if they can work out Frazier's strikeout issues. And, you know, if he's somebody that can pop for them, they certainly need corner outfielders now that, you know, Schwarber and Bryant and, and everybody else is gone. So they've got Hayward out there. They got Ian Happ out there. Uh, Frazier's a nice right handed compliment to both those guys. So we'll see if the Cubs can ha- hammer out some of Frazier's strikeout issues and, and turn them back into uh, kind of a dangerous power hitter. And, and you know, 1.5 million with multiple years of team control. That's a really nice, nice little bargain deal for the Cubs. So, Cubs, again, I don't, you know, long term, I don't know what the Cubs' real plan is. They are start contrast to the Cardinals and giants here. And that like, we don't really know what their organization is doing on the whole, but these moves, these moves are solid. Uh, you know, I'll throw the Braves into this group too. The interesting move, but you know, you really want to see more from the Braves right now. Don't love what they've done so far. Non-tended Richard Rodriguez, who was really, who's been really very good. And was only going to make 3 million, not to Johan Camargo, like they just won the World Series. They're supposed to have all this money. They're not spending it. You know, Kirby Yates, two years, 8.25 million. That's just that's a strong bargain, but he's not. He's going to be gone until midseason. You've got a good bullpen already. Yates will come in and he could be a big right-hand power arm. It's great. There are no day on my league deal. That's fine. Uh, the, you know, Jay Jackson brought in. That's fine. Brian Snicker, they exercised his 2024 uh 2024 option so that's good orlando arcia two years three million you know three million i don't love Arcia. i don't love arcia getting at bats at all uh and at three million you're, you're guaranteeing a major league roster spot uh yeah he's flexible he can do a lot of things he certainly shines out in the playoffs but i don't love this where's freddie freeman bro like anthopolis just bring back freddie freeman it's, it's a disgrace not to have him there win the world series you get to stay there give give him what he wants Brinks truck, man. Brinks truck. Give it to him. Does that Freeman stay in Atlanta? It's better for the sport. It's better for everybody. It's, I want to see Freeman back there defending the title. It's, it's lame not to see the team with the defender title. And, and the Braves without Freddie Freeman are not the champs. Like he's got to be there for them from the have a proper title defense. So I, I want to see more from the Braves. That's going to lead us right into our not doing much teams. Really, the Braves are on the not doing much teams. Uh, but we'll add. Couple of teams from the AL West, the Dodgers. They did get back Chris Taylor, uh, so that's going to maintain some of their flexibility. They got Daniel Hudson for the bullpen, which is great. One year, seven million. I like that for them a lot. Uh, but Scherzer is gone, and Corey Seager is gone. There's some big time, big time contributors who have gone for the Dodgers, and they haven't really added much yet outside of Hudson. Again, I like Hudson, but Dodgers are a little bit in trouble here. We got to see them more from them. The Padres, even more so. They signed Luis Garcia. You know, right-hander who was great for the Cardinals last year, but it was kind of his first year, 34 years old, 70, first year really of, of putting it all together. 
two years, seven million, not a crazy gamble, but also not a sure thing. And, you know, Padres do need arms. So, you know, that seems like it could be a fine deal. Uh, they traded Adam Frazier to the Mariners. I actually like that move for them. They didn't need Frazier. He wasn't a great fit for them. Cronenworth is fine at second. Uh, you don't really want Frazier's bat in the outfield. You know, he's fine in a pinch, but, you know, Jerks and Profar and Haseon Kim can be that guy. I, I, Frazier was going to make seven, eight million. I, I just don't think that he's the the guy that they need for their roster. They did trade for Jorge Alfaro, which I don't love, but, you know, you got to have catchers, I guess. I don't know. So Padres haven't done much. Love Bob Melvin. That's the big thing they got him. But the last couple of weeks, we haven't seen a lot from the Padres. Got to see a little bit more Padres and Dodgers both. Got to see more from them. Uh, once this ban lifts or once the, you know, we're probably going to have this all closed through the next couple of hours. And I'm tracking it now, uh, you know, Dodgers. So Dodgers, they get Chris Taylor, four year, $60 million deal. Uh, first blush, that's not so bad. That's not so bad. Um, feel pretty good about that. He gives them so much flexibility. So that's helps them kind of maintain uh, the loss of Seager a little bit. Cause he's still, you know, Taylor's no Corey Seager, but he's absolutely a, a first division starter and can fill in a, a lot of different places. So I feel okay. good bringing him back, but the Dodgers need to do a little bit more. Um, also in the AL West, the Diamondbacks, I mean, kind of who cares what they're doing, but Mark Melanson, two years, 14 million. That's actually a fine deal. Melanson's a veteran. Got to have bullpen arms. Good to have some stability. So you don't not just disheartened by blowing saves all the time as a, as a team that's on, on the come up. Diamondbacks aren't particularly close and they have a lot of headway to make. So Melanson, this feels like a trade, uh, you know, a veteran to trade a year or two down the line uh, this year, next year. So getting for two years is, is nice because you could pay down pay that down a little bit to get better prospects in return you could deal them a year and a half of them this year if you want so that's pretty good uh they they got jordan luplo from the rays don't totally understand giving up infielder ronnie simon i mean simon looks fine he's pretty far away but it, it just seems weird to give up a like, can you not find a jordan luplo in free agency is, is there not you know can, can't you go get tommy fam and not give up a prospect i'd rather see the dimebacks not giving up prospects for guys like jordan luplo who was probably going to be DFA'd anyway. So I don't know. Maybe they don't like Ronnie Simon, you know, and they just want to get him out of there and he's not worth anything to them. Feels like Simon's worth a flyer. He had pretty good numbers last year in low A, uh, you know, slug 475, I think, and, and switch here. But what are you going to do? Dimebacks, they could do a little bit more. Catcher edition of the not doing much teams. Catcher edition. The Brewers, not doing much. They did sign Brett Sullivan to a major league deal. I mean, can the can the Rays and Brewers just get married already? Like, what, what are you guys doing? They're mirror images of each other. I mean, <laughs> all the Rays guys are just going to go to the Brewers and vice versa. Like, they're pretty much just building two major league teams from one organization. They run so similarly. But Brett Sullivan, he's a, he's a great guy for the mix there. Won't cost them very much, but he's a, he's a fifth outfielder that you can feel – okay playing for extended periods of time and given the injury risk to Lorenzo Kane and Jackie Bradley Jr. Avisel Garcia leaving Phillips can fill in play solid defensively the Brewers prioritize defense and just putting the bat on the ball uh, and Phillips can do those things for you and he'll do them cheap so that's fine uh, the move I like from them is Pedro Severino one year 1.9 million to be their backup catcher Severino's good he's solid he's been solid for the Orioles the last couple of years he, and, and he's the guy who's who I feel like you take anybody, a young guy from the Orioles, and bring him to the Brewers, and I just feel like there's some, there's definitely some, some potential to pop there. And for 1.9 million, 
that's a good kind of deal. I mean, backup catchers are kind of fungible. You hate to say it, but they kind of are. And and so I like the Brewers, you know, letting some pieces go and, and finding another backup out there to, to share time with Omar Narvaez. Severino is a good fit. I, I like I like him there. They also DFA Dino Volgabach. You know, they made their choice. Rowdy, Rowdy Tellez is their guy. Not a lot of space for Vogelbach. We'll see if he, he'll catch on somewhere as a pinch hitting bench option, whatever. So the Brewers are kind of doing Brewers things. Their roster is pretty well set with their pitching staff. So I like Severino. We can see a little bit more from them, but, you know, not doing much. Pirates, also not doing much. Traded Jacob Stallings. Signed Roberto Perez to win your $5 million deal. I actually like this trade, you know, quote-unquote trade for them because, again, catchers are kind of fungible. Stallings is fine, but he's not a long-term piece for them. You know, Henry Davis, maybe they hope is going to be their catch of the future. Regardless, you can, you get some pieces in. They, they, they got some, you know, Zach Thompson is an interesting arm that can slide into the rotation for them. They got some interesting prospects. They diversified a little bit. And Stallings, is, is, as good as he, as fine as he's been, you know, he's not moving the needle, needle for the Pirates. So bringing Roberto Perez, big time clubhouse guy, stud defender, whatever, helps your pitching staff. You're good to go. They moved on some from some veterans, DFAing, Stephen Brault, Callum Moran. He's got to churn the churn the talent there a little bit. Yoshi Totsugo is back one year, four million. He played so well last year. You may as well keep him out there. Let him let him keep mashing. And he's fun. He's certainly a fun watch. So also Jose Quintana, one year, two million. Good place to rebuild his value. You know, the Pirates aren't gonna do much as far as what they're gonna do, what they're out there for. This is fine. Um, the Rockies. Not doing much also. I don't love them as much because they extended Elias Diaz three years, 14.5 million. Diaz is fine, but he's kind of kind of falls into my fungible catcher category. And he, he you know, if you're not a top five catcher, I just feel like you can you can be replaced. And there, there are other guys out there. So Diaz has been fine, but uh, but and, and the the money's not crazy, 14.5 million over three years, you know, five million a year, you're fine, but it's just nothing all that much from the Rockies. You know, they they say they're interested in Chris Bryant, but Man, it feels like they're going to have to overpay to get him there. We'll see if a Chris Bryant deal comes down tonight. Uh, they also sent J.D. Hammer to a minor league deal. That's a pretty good pickup for them. Um, you know, But they can only get so many relievers on minor league deals. So that brings us down to the 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 seller, seller dwellers for the last two weeks. The national league teams who really, they're not doing enough teams. The teams with three teams here that we needed to see more from. Disappointing offseason from disappointing offseason so far. Number one, the Phillies. Tim Jackson, pour one out for Tim Jackson. The Phillies, they got Corey Canable, one year, 10 million. He, you know, slots in, takes over Hector Neris' spot. Uh, more money this year, but it's not a two-year commitment like Neris. So whatever, Nate Canable's good. Uh, Bryce Harper won the MVP. That's awesome. What about the rest of this roster, though, man? Like, they need some – the Phillies need some bats. They're running out of time here. They need – an outfielder, maybe two. They might need a third baseman, depending on what you're doing with Alec Bohm. Like, you need depth. They just don't have enough depth. They don't have enough bats after Bryce Harper and JT Realmuto and, and Reese Hoskins and Gene Segura. They need more. And and I just, we haven't seen them get it yet. We haven't seen them get a new shortstop uh, for Didi Gregorius, who should be moved to the bench, but we'll see. You know, the Mets and Marlins making moves. Braves just won the title. Nats won it two years ago, three years ago. Philly's got to make a move. Philly's got to get some more, got to get something done here. They're, I don't feel like they've had enough of an offseason so far. But the Nationals are also on this list. The Nationals have done nothing. I mean, 
recent comments from Mike Rizzo suggested this kind of, this is kind of the plan. This is an off season of, of inactivity for them. They claimed Lucius Fox, who's a skinny speedster. He's been around the block a bit, but it's still young. So he's fine depth for them. They signed Cesar Hernandez, which was so disappointing to me. Cesar Hernandez to me is like the least attractive for age on the market. He's a guy, he's a gamer. He's, he's a, he's, he's, Cesar Hernandez is a second division starter. I mean, gosh, the Nats just love second division starters. They freaking love these guys. I mean, what do you expect is going to happen when you run out of middle infield of Alcides Escobar and Cesar Hernandez in 2022? Like, that's not enough talent. That's not enough thunder around Juan Soto. I get it. They want to kind of take a year to see what happens with some of this young talent. Kiba Ruiz, is he going to really pop at catcher? Some of these young pitchers, Cade Cavalli, Jackson Rutledge, Cole Henry, are, are they going to develop the way they expect, or, or are they going to have to go out and make some of the moves? And normally I want the, you know, normally I like this kind of deal for the, for the nationals because they don't have depth so often, but man, Cesar Hernandez, I just don't love the guy. Not, you know, DFA a couple years ago by the Phillies, White Sox traded for him. He was just a disaster. Didn't help down, down the stretch. Like I just don't, maybe you trade him off and get something for him, but I'd rather just let Luis Garcia have those second base at bats and Carter Kibum have him at third and, and grab somebody who's a more ready backup. But I suppose that's fine. The Nationals still need pitching. They, they haven't really gotten any pitching. Rizzo does not sound like he's going to spend money this winter. So we'll see. They are my second to last team. My bottom team, though, is per usual the Reds. The Reds have been a disaster. They've done nothing. They've only let guys go, and it's kind of a disaster. I, I don't know what the Reds are doing. The, the, all the news from the Reds is, you know, listening on Sonny Gray, listening on Luis Castillo. Let Wade Miley just walk to Chicago to join a contender, join a, a division rival. Reds, you got to get some players. Why? Why? What are you doing? I just don't understand. Don't you want to? Yeah, it made this big show of building a winner a couple of years ago. What what happened? To, what happened to those days? I mean, just either you got to either tear it down or why are you paying for Castellanos and Mike Mustakas a couple of years ago? Just Uenio Suarez at shortstop, Kyle Farmer at shortstop. Everything that the Reds do is is pretty much confusing to me, and I, I don't understand it. So, good luck, Reds. Good luck, Reds fans. I don't know that we're getting more from you, but we'll see. Um, Let's take a quick break. I'll give it a couple minutes to see. It's almost 10 o'clock Eastern time here to see if anything else comes down the pike. Uh, and then we'll stop over briefly in the American League, see what the American League, see which teams have done well and which teams have not done enough over the last couple of weeks. But first, let me uh, toss it over to Nick Pollock, uh, who's got uh, some good things to say here. So we'll be right back. Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code 
podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. And we are back to talk about the American League. The last couple of weeks, which teams have been doing well, which teams have not been doing enough. The American League has been pretty, pretty active. Uh, so just, I'm just going to run through these teams here. Uh, I'll give some, give some quick reviews. Pretty much, we have a we have a, a third place division, a second place division, and a first place division. We're going to go division by division here in the American League. Going to go through this a little fast. Let me do the NL again. This is this week in baseball or this fortnight in baseball. The last couple of weeks, what's been happening? What have we missed out on? Which teams are making moves? So let's start with the least active division, which is the AL Central. I'm I'm a little bit surprised the Central hasn't been more active. But the last couple of weeks have been a little light. Last place here, fifth place in the division. We'll go five to one. Uh, unlike the the National League where we went bulk, we'll go division by division here. So Royals fifth place. Royals have, they just haven't done anything. They signed Jacoby Jones to minor league deal. Kyle Zimmer and Jacob Junis elected for agency. They're gone. Some legends. Joakim Soria and Wade Davis retired. I mean, this this is the news for the, for the Royals right now. So the Royals, this division is starting to make some headway, and the Royals aren't moving that fast. So I don't love where they are right now compared to the rest of the division. Had some real problems with them at the beginning of last offseason, but I'm not seeing it now. So they're in fifth place right now. Uh, fourth place in this division, the Guardians. And and. It, Cleveland, it's really pretty much a tie with the Royals because they've also done nothing. Their biggest move, they traded Hale Ramirez to the Cubs. They signed Sandy Leone to a minor league deal. That's the Guardians' big move. So I do not feel real confident about the Guardians next season. Guardians and Royals, both basement dwellers here. Uh, another team I don't feel real good about is the Twins. I wish I felt better about the Twins. Now, I, extending Byron Buxton, fans love him he is an immense talent it's, it's a it's talent it's a gamble he's an mvp talent when he's healthy he's never healthy seven years 100 million shouldn't crush them the only problem would be does you know if, if buxton gets continues to get hurt and those that that national athleticism starts to wane early in this deal you don't want to end up with four dead years at the back end of it which is absolutely on the table for buxton but still you have you know you're hoping for the best if he's healthy, then this is a real gamble, and you feel really good about it. Center field is tough to fill. Buxton would maybe be the best center fielder in the game if he's healthy. So the other big move, the other move that the Twins made today is they signed Dylan Bundy. One year, $5 million. It was an option. A little risk, but that feels like such a Twins move. Such a, I mean, that couldn't be more Twins to have Dylan Bundy in that rotation. So, yeah, give him a go. I, I don't, you know... The Twins are a mess. They're a little bit confusing to think, you know, a team that we thought was going to win the division last year and then just totally tanked. They were a different team when Buxton was healthy. So, you know, again, we're really relying on Buxton. Uh, The top of this division, White Sox are second, but kind of by default because I haven't loved their offseason either. They re-signed 
Lurie Garcia, man, the White Sox love Lurie Garcia. Three years. They give Lurie Garcia. I don't know who's competing for Lurie Garcia. I thought at first that it was three-year, $5.5 million deal total. And I was like, oh, man, that seems like kind of a lot. It was 5.5 per year. $16.5 million. $16.5 million for three years for Lurie Garcia, who was absolutely just a DFA waiting to happen. And yes, he plays all over the place, and maybe he's a good guy, but I just, I, it feels like an overpay to me. It feels like a loyalty pay. And if you're going to do that, you do it for Freddie Freeman. You don't do it for Lurie Garcia. I, I, you can get him for I – don't, I don't totally understand that, that deal. The White Sox should be going for – you know, they should have first division starters on their bench. That's the goal. Louis Garcia is a second division starter who's in their lineup. That's not good. Kendall Graveman, three years, 24 million. I like Kendall Graveman. I think he's, I think he's legit. I think he's got, some, you know, 97 miles an hour. He throws real heat. Theoretically, he's in there to replace Craig Kimbrell. And I like that. I like him to trade Kimbrell before the end of the offseason to some other team that needs him so that Kimbrough can keep racking up saves, climbing that leaderboard. I'd like to see that happen. Graveman's a solid replacement for them. Keeps their bullpen looking strong. The bullpen is maybe the best part of this White Sox team. So good on them there. So that's good. Tigers, though, the Tigers up and comers. Not only, uh, Tim talked about it last time, Eduardo Rodriguez, a great get, a guy who can just like eat up innings in the rotation while they still kind of manage the, the pitch counts of their young guys. Javi Baez, six years, 140 million. I did not think Baez would get that kind of deal. But man, you know, he's kind of a blue collar guy. Blue collar folks like him in Chicago. You know, he's flashy. He's fun to watch. The the Tigers absolutely need a shortstop. So as risky as Baez is, he's still a definite upgrade for them. He brings some real pop, real defensive acumen to that team. He gets to be a kind of a veteran leader there. Uh, as some young guys come up. So, yeah, I, you know, we thought Correa, Carlos Correa would maybe be the guy there because of the AJ Hinch connection, but, you know, they came around, the Tigers came around, the ownership came around and said, like, you know, we don't necessarily think we can fix this team with one $300 million man. So, so we want to spread that money around. And there's definitely some wisdom to that. As a Cubs fan, I love Javi Baez, Amago, like, he's my guy. I did not want to give him six years, 140 million. That said, in this situation, I'm kind of okay with it. You, you know, he gives you flexibility with that money. So even if he does, you know, even if you get bad hobby bias for stretches, you can move him to second, you can move him to third. You've got other guys. I mean, don't love the way he's talked about his work ethic over the last couple of years in Chicago, kind of bouncing in and out and, and getting the coast at times. So, you know, you got to keep him committed. But this team is on the come up. And hopefully that keeps him motivated, keeps him dialed in at the plate. Uh, I don't mind that move for the Tigers. And, and again, they needed another professional hitter. So good on them. Tigers doing well so far. Second division, second division, American League East. Been pretty active, but not super active. Uh, Orioles, and I wrote an offseason outlook piece two weeks ago. Uh, trying to get excited about the Orioles. I am pretty excited about the Orioles, but they haven't done anything the last couple of weeks. They signed Rugi Odor to a major league deal. Don't understand. I don't understand. These are another one of these guys. I'm just like, no, I don't. I don't see the value of him on a major league team. But you know, they're not. He's not blocking anybody. So whatever, that's fine. They claim Sino Perez. Another fine get. They haven't really done anything else. Surprisingly. 
the Orioles have done more than the Yankees. The Yankees haven't done anything the last couple of weeks. We thought they were going to go out and get a shortstop. They're really just quote unquote monitoring the market. And that sure seems to be the case because they haven't gotten any of these guys who are signing, you know, three of the big shortstops are four of the big shortstops with Chris Taylor, you know, they're flying off the board. So if the Yankees want one of them, it's going to be, you know, Carlos Correa might be theirs to get if they want him. But we'll see. All they've done so far is subtract. Uh, they released Odor and Clint Frazier. They traded Tyler Wade to the Angels. All those are fine moves. They tendered a contract to Gary Sanchez, much to the dismay of many Yankees fans. But, you know, as long as he's on short-term commitments, I'm okay with Sanchez back there, I guess. He, you know, he's got the bat and that can play. Uh, so Yankees not doing so well compared to their counterparts. Uh, the Red Sox adding starting pitchers. Short-term commitments. So Eduardo Rodriguez is gone. James Paxton, Big Maple is in. One-year, $10 million commitment. If he's healthy, you know, that's the question. But sure, there's some upside there. Michael Waka, one-year, $7 million, which is kind of crazy. You know, made $3 million last year. Had a 505 ERA. And that gets him a $4 million raise. What a world we live in. What a world. And then tonight... Uh, recently just came in that they have signed rich hill as well uh you know another kind of just a stopgap for them one year deal hill was actually surprisingly good last year despite being traded away by the Rays, which gives him kind of the stink of you know being moved by a contender but uh rich hill was pretty good last year so you need innings definitely need innings so you know i like this in terms of a, just a bulk approach getting guys you can pitch out of the rotation you pitch out of the bullpen you, you just need things from from some veteran guys these are all fine moves for the Red Sox. Not real needle movers, but they're fine moves. Uh, Blue Jays, second place in the AL East. They've done okay. Yimi Garcia is good. He's a fine add to their bullpen. But uh, Kevin Gossman is the big one here. Kevin Gossman to the Blue Jays. They, they've been after him for a while now. Uh, and he steps in right for Robbie Ray. You know, based on the numbers last year, that's not an upgrade. But it probably maybe you like Gossman a little more moving forward. You know, Ray's always had this stuff. Is he going to be able to keep it up long-term has been the question. I don't know. I mean, the Blue Jays now, you know, two weeks ago, Tim talked about it. They signed, I mean, they extended Jose Barrios, which is great. And I love that extension for them. So their rotation is really kind of shaping up. It's, you know, Jose Barrios, you got Kevin Gossman at the front of this rotation. That's looking pretty good. You, you, I mean, that's a really solid, you feel good about that, that top two. Uh, you like the young guys, Alec Manoa, Nate Pearson. Manoa seemed already like a mid-rotation starter. He's there. He looks good. Uh, Pearson, you have high hopes for if he can get healthy. And then uh, Hyunjin Ryu is the other guy uh, at the top of the rotation. So you got Ryu, you got Gossman, you got Barrios. That's a solid one, two, three. Feel, feel good, Blue Jays, uh, you know. Got some more moves to make. You know, you've now replaced Ray. Semyon's gone. You haven't replaced him yet, but still you're feeling okay. But the Rays are the winner of the AL East. A's might be the winner of the entire major league. They're up there with the Mets and our winner from the AL West that we'll get to in a minute uh, for the best last couple of weeks. But the Rays just traded Joey Wendell, traded jo Jordan Luplo, traded Brent Honeywell. All fine guys who are just kind of clogging up their 40-man roster. They have lots of space. Traded forward for some talent. Ronnie Simon. Uh, from the Dimebacks, infield prospect from low A. I like him just as a system guy. Cameron Meisner for Joy Wendell, I love that get for them. He is a power on-base machine. 
24 years old, got some real power. There's some potential for him to pop in a part-time role uh, for the for the Rays. I love that get for Joey Wendell. The Brent Honeywell deal was just for cash. Really just to clear him off the roster and give, give him a chance to pitch somewhere else. And, and Oakland's a great spot for him, so I like that move. Uh, and the Rays are spending money. What the heck? The Rays are spending money. Wander Franco, monster deal. I can't believe he signed this deal. It's amazing for the Rays. It is the Rays are a better organization now. That's good for them. Like, I don't want to adjudicate the ethics of player versus team and, and all that and, and whether or not this is fair for, for Franco. I don't all I know is that this is awesome for the Rays. So yes, it's good for the team. You feel good about that. But you know, as a baseball fan, as it, you know, I feel good for the Rays. I feel good for them. You know, I want the players to get you know fair freight, but at the same time, I want to see teams do well and I want to see teams improve. And this is the Rays actually have a player to build around now. 11 years, 12 years, potentially 223 million. And the Rays, you know, they could trade guys in and out. It's good for their fan base to have somebody. Wander Frank, it was officially going to be the favorite Ray of all time. Like we kind of know that now. So, but they're spending money elsewhere too. Brooks Raley, two years, 10 million for a bullpen arm. That's really surprising for the Rays because the Rays just pull bullpen arms out of the couch cushions, they get them everywhere. And for them to go out and spend some money on Rayleigh is interesting. Rayleigh left-handed arm, pitched for Houston last year, had pitched abroad after coming up in the Cubs system. He's a fine arm. He can be a multiple inning guy for them. And I think that's partially what the Rays like about him. He's got an interesting arm angle, which is something the Rays love, of course. Um, two years, 10 million, doesn't break the bank. Corey Kluber, freaking love this deal for the Rays. He's perfect for them. He's the much better version of Michael Waka. I love this. One year, 8 million, 8 to 13 million, depending on how it goes. You know, it's it's funny. The Yankees, the Yankees had him last year. Now it feels like a real changing of the guard. Somehow the Rays are the kings of this division and the Rays even have Kluber now. You know, Kluber's older. He wasn't that healthy last year. He only played 11 starts. But for the Rays, he's perfect. He's absolutely perfect with him. They can protect him. He can be, you know, Selman being their new Charlie Morton. I love that get for them. The Rays continue to be one of the smartest, best-run organizations in baseball. Give them, they're up there. Uh, for the best last couple of weeks, Rays, Mets. Those are two of my final. Those are my two finalists right now for the best last two weeks. Let's go to the American League West, though, which has been pretty active. Uh, we'll start with the Athletics, who have done nothing. They acquired Brent Honeywell. It's a fine get. He's fun. Put him out there. Give him a chance. Uh, guy who's been through multiple Tommy Johns, et cetera, et cetera. Former top top prospect. No longer a top top prospect, but the A's need cheap labor. And Honeywell would like to pitch in the majors. And we'd like to see Honeywell pitch in majors. And if he's going to succeed anywhere, why not the Coliseum? Uh, that seems like a good spot for him uh, where they can, A's have often made the most out of pitchers without high-end velocity. So that, that's a good get for them. Um, that's nice. The Astros have also not really done much. Uh, they hired Sarah Goodrum to be the director of player development, which is great. Uh, she was the formerly the first woman to be hired as the minor league hitting coordinator for the Brewers. Uh, so that's good for her being in a front office, uh, a high front office position position. That's, that's some, a good sign of some forward thinking from Houston, which needs it. Uh, they sent Hector Neris two years, 17 million. I think Neris is great in that spot steps in for Kevin Gossman. Doesn't have quite the heat, but he's been a really, you know, he's had kind of a bad rap because of all the blown saves, but like the, the, the numbers on the whole aren't bad. And as long as he keeps riding that splitter, he's a good arm. And the, the Astros can use them. They can just slot them right into Kevin, the, to uh, Kendall Graveman's spot, pitch in front of Ryan Presley. They have a lot of right-handed arms now that can help. In that. You know, Ryan Stanek, Pedro Baez, they got a bunch of them. Naris is a good one to add to the group. 17 million isn't too bad. 32 years old for a reliever, that's fine. 
They traded Garrett Stubbs. It's a fine move. Trade the backup catcher. But that's kind of it for the Astros. So otherwise, not much. Jeremy Pena was added to the 40-man roster, so that's an interesting sign, and they've got no shortstop, so it seems like he's the guy. Uh, you know, the Astros were waiting to see what else they do. Uh, third place in the AOS, the Angels. They keep just doing angel things. I mean, Razel Iglesias, four years, 58 million. I actually like that move for them. He was great, great for them. They need him. Um, Aaron Loop, two years, 17 million. It's a lot for a lefty specialist. Uh, you know, Loop, he's had some good years the last couple of years, but, you know, two years, 17 seems like a lot. They got, they acquired Tyler Wade. And the Yankees, it's fine. I mean, how many light-hitting, multi-positional infielders does Joe Madden need? I mean, I, I feel like you're you're kind of leaning into some bad tendencies from Madden just to keep giving them these guys, but that's fine. Shohei Otani is the MVP. That's awesome. Congrats to him. Michael Lorenzen, one year, $6.75 million. I'm sure Joe Madden's just licking his chops at trying to figure out how to actually make the most out of Lorenzen. You know, Lorenzen can do a lot of things. You know, looks great in a muscle shirt. Is he actually helpful to a winning ball club? Uh, is he actually like good enough at pitching or good enough at defense or good enough at hitting? Like he's a good base runner, but you know, you can't just be a base runner unless you're a Terrence score. And even then, you know, you just don't get major league action. So, uh, but that's fine with the angels. Kind of just not enough, not enough from the angels. Uh, they need to do more. You know, they have Syndergaard now, but you know, they just, they just need more. Iglesias is good, but it's helpful. But Mariners second place, Send Robbie Ray five years, 115 million. He'll he's in that front of rotation now. With he's good contrast to Marco Gonzalez, uh, Chris Flexen, Logan Gilbert. You had the beginnings of a pretty decent rotation there. If Ray's the same guy, I, I, you know, but the Astros not doing much. The A's going backwards. This AL West is up for grabs, and the Mariners were right there. Now to add the Cy Young winner. And they extended Andres Munoz, four years, 7.5 million. I like that deal for them. Munoz has some real high-end potential uh, if he can get his arm healthy. So we'll see. Uh, that's a cheap deal. You know, they're banking on his health. They also acquired Adam Frazier for Southpaw, Raymond Kerr, and outfielder Corey Rozier. Those guys are fine. Uh, Kerr's an interesting arm for the Padres. Frazier's kind of an interesting gift for the, Mar- for the Mariners. He, he's kind of just the second-base version of J.P. Crawford. Uh, puts the bat on the ball, plays solid defense at second. The reason I didn't like him for the Padres is because they had not play him in the outfield. The Frazier is your second baseman. You can really maximize the value from his bat. He'll give you professional at-bats. At the Mariners are going to just continue to be a team that wears you down. They're just going to be a pain to play. Like, man, to face Crawford and Frazier and, and you know, Mitch Hanegring. These guys are just – these grinder at-bats. Guy Abraham Toro. And, uh, just – like, I don't know that – it's not a ton of pop there for the for the Mariners, but but Frazier's a good get for them. That's that's a fine piece. So I, I like what they're doing so far. But the big winner here is the Rangers. The Rangers, Texas Rangers, waking up. Texas Rangers are back in baseball, baby. They are back to it. They extended Chris Woodward, their manager. Clock is ticking for him. Chris Woodward, the, the test starts now. You're extended through 2023. They have an option for 2024, and now you got players for the first time since you've been manager. You've got players. Corey Seager. There's a new shortstop, 10 years, $325 million. This is the centerpiece of your team, though. Isaiah Kainer-Falefa moves to third, where he'll be a solid defender, can really help uh, fill that gap there where Seager lags. Seager's got to stay healthy, but he's a bat. Love it. Marcus Semien, I guess, stays at second base, seven years, $175 million. A lot of money, a lot of years, a lot of dollars for these guys, but it's talent. 
this is what it's about. It's adding talent. Is this the most, are these value ads? Not really, but you know, the Rangers are making a play. So they've, the Rangers are at the top of our list here because they've gotten better. Cole Calhoun, one year, 5.25 million. They need outfielders still. So he's a fine option out there. John Gray brought him for the rotation, four years, 56 million. He's a, a lot of money, four years, 56, but they need arms and Gray has some potential to pop now that he's outside of uh, Colorado, but we'll see. It's a young rotation. Dane Dunning, Taylor Hearn, Spencer Howard, Glenn Otto, AJ Alexi. A lot of young arms who you want to see more out of. So the Rangers, it's going to be a growing pains year for them. They're not they're not there at all. Despite having Seager and Semyon in the middle of the order and the middle of the lineup, like they're they're better for sure. But they were bad, and and it's going to take some improvement right now. Whew, Mariners looking pretty good in that division. Astros just took me right there. AL West, in my opinion, is the most open division probably in baseball right now maybe the the nl central you know we'll see but rangers doing some interesting stuff the last couple weeks it's been a busy two weeks it is now uh we're just a couple hours from the official lockdown uh so i'm gonna leave you all here so we can all have a moment of silence and, and and take in this last hour before the lockout uh you know in a peaceful meditative mindful way uh, take it in, relax. It's going to be okay. Baseball's going to come back. Uh, and nothing else is this, this has given us this flurry of free agent activity. If you are a Rangers fan or if you are a Mets fan or you are a Rays fan, feel really good. You had a really good last couple of weeks and we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Probably not much because there's going to be a transactions freeze. So two weeks from now, uh, Tim Jackson and myself will check back in with you here. Thank you for joining us. Come on back in two weeks. Uh, we can re-adjudicate these winter rankings. Uh, Tim can tell me how wrong I am and you know how good the Phillies are going to be. Just kidding. He doesn't believe the Phillies are ever going to be good ever again. Uh, but please do come back so we can have that chat. Uh, two weeks from now, we'll be back here on Breaking. Uh, you can find me at TC Zanka, Z-E-N-C-K-A on Twitter. Check in with Tim. Make sure he's doing okay at Tim Jackson says. Uh, and come on back for us in a couple of weeks. Please feel free to rate us five stars. Feel free to reach out. Uh, breaking pod PL at Gmail. Drop us a line or come say hello on Twitter. Let us know what you think of these rankings. If you think I'm a fool or if, uh, you know, maybe you love the Reds for some insane reason. and think they've had the best winter. Just let us know. We're happy to happy to chat. And uh, talk it out with you. That sounds actually like a really great time. It's kind of all we do. So do reach out. Uh, and if not, have a great, have a great couple of weeks. Have a great fortnight. And we will be back in mid-December, right before Christmas. Enjoy the lockout. <laughs>